Welcome to Diggin' the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer and founder of Space to Meditate. Well, good morning again, John. How are you? I'm doing okay, as well as I was, uh, you know, 40 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, when we did our last one. Yeah. Uh, the, the secrets of behind the scenes, we've just drawn away the fifth curtain or whatever it's called, the fourth wall. The fourth, um, fifth curtain. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But <laughs> the fourth wall. Yes. <laughs> um, now people know what's going on behind the scenes. There is a fifth curtain, I'm sure. But, uh, it probably is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so... So you're doing a meditation challenge, and so... Yes, Space to Meditate is having its thirty next second 30-day meditation challenge. We mm -hmm. had one in May that was really fun. I don't know. Piety said it was fun. I don't know if it was fun, but it, it <laughs> was... a challenge fun? It was fun to see, like, who showed up. That was oh, what okay. was fun. It was yeah. like... And, uh, and, and we discovered that actually people were really kind of needing it. In mm. other words, that... You know, I, I've certainly know from all my years of teaching, particularly in the MBSR context, you know that that there needs to be something to keep to keep one's practice consistent and, and energizing one one's practice. It can always be very helpful to say, "All right, this is my goal. I'm going to meditate for every day for thirty days, thirty to forty minutes, hell, even ten minutes." But you know what? You know. Um, and so, you know, there, there, there are aspects to this, which, of course, can be pointed. We can point back to the earlier teachings, which, you know, were, which speak to determination and right effort mm -hmm. through a, a challenge like this. And, of course, by the time this, brought, this podcast airs, likely, unless we switch some things, it'll, it'll be we already be into the challenge, but I mean, we're not doing this to promote the challenge. We're doing this to, to talk about consistency of practice and yeah. how to cultivate that. One thing that definitely does cultivate it that, you know, is, is practicing with others. Yeah. That um, helps for sure. And so, so even online that helps a lot, mm -hmm. um, which I think is why there's so many various online sanghas now, um, because people realize that I think ours is one of the few that actually meets every day. Uh, and you know people do come every day but and so harking back to the initial teachings on on right effort there are these things called the four exertions which are part of that but then there's the imagery of uh the the lute player right mm -hmm. um, which is is a useful image to have in mind which is not overly you don't want too much energy you right. don't want too much effort you know, because the string will break. Right. But you don't want too little effort. Because you won't get any sound yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah. Difficult to play and, in uh, both circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's worth, you know, just talking about these things. And what gets in the, you know, one of the things that gets in the way of, of our effort is unwholesome thoughts, is, you know, fantasizing, is all sorts of things that... You know, we can be sitting there meditating, of course, and then suddenly we realize we're off somewhere completely unrelated to whatever we started with. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in the four exertions, it's really referring to these unwholesome qualities of mind. And so, you know, how do we, I'm just looking at one of the translations here. It says, you know, <clears throat> there is the case where a monk generates desire, endeavors, activates persistence, upholds and exerts his intent for, <laughs> in the sake of non-arising, that is, so we could look at this as non-arising, abandonment, arising, and maintenance. Right? So there's the non-arising of the equal, of the evil, uh, evil, the unwholesome qualities. Right? There's the abandonment of the unwholesome qualities. And then there's the arising of skillful and wholesome qualities and the maintenance of those. Yeah. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you know. Well, it's all a matter of uh, of you know, taking time and persistence. Yeah. You know, I think it's like people say about many things. It's, it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. You know, we can think of, of practice as being something that you, you really delve into very deeply. You go to a retreat or something like that and you really, and then you sort of forget about it for a while. Or you can think of practice as something that you just do every day and just try to, try to, keep up with it. And you find, I think, at least for me, the, the latter strategy has been the one that I've pursued, that number one, you don't see huge changes in the short term, but over the long term, when you look back over months or years, you do see changes because you've stuck with it. And, you know, things get easier. Things get lighter to hold just through regular practice, helping to you know, stop the arising of what's unwholesome and promote the arising of what's what's wholesome. What's so interesting about unwholesome thoughts, I guess, is really what we're talking about, unwholesome thoughts arising. It's like, well, they just arise. It's, like, it's not like we go out of our way to bring these unwholesome thoughts in, right? Mm -hmm. So we notice they're arising. But then, of course, what then happens, at least for me, is an unwholesome thought maybe arise, uh, arise, and then I'll say, oh, 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 yeah, how cool, you know, and, and then I just <laughs> sort of, you know, get lost in the daydream around the unwholesome thought, whether it's, you know, about food or sex or whatever it is, you know, it's like, it's just not helpful. <laughs> and yet, you know, there's, there's the mind that goes. So it's like, all right, so, you know, that's a reason. Now, how do I abandon it, mm. you know? And keep it from coming up, right? Yeah. You know, that's this quality of, of mindfulness, which is kind of, the you know, guarding the door of the, the mind. Yeah. Right? Which sounds, again, it sounds like, well, that, that should be easy, you know. You sort of <laughs> unwholesome thought arises and you just say, get, thank you, no, you know. And yet, you know, it's just like this tendency we have to lean into those things which are not necessarily at least in the context of meditation, you know, are not helpful. Right. And, you know, so, okay, then the practice would be to replace the unwholesome thought with a wholesome thought or replace the, you know, whatever is arising, you replace it with something else. Also sounds easy, you know, <laughs> but we know that it's not. And so that's the practice. Right. Right. And I guess the difference between working with that on a, in a daily practice versus on retreat is that on a retreat situation where you're literally practicing continually through the day, one way or the other, whether it's walking or sitting down or sitting or, you know, whatever 
posture or whatever activity you're involved with, you are there with yourself primarily for an extended period. So those things which keep coming up, you can keep reminding yourself, no, not now, not now. <laughs> and eventually, you know, maybe you've built in the, the muscle that keeps it from arising. And yes, you could do that on a daily practice too, of course. Um, and, and we do, uh, but it's not like the teachers there telling you are, you know, what, what's unhealth, what's unwholesome now that's coming up, you know, or is it wholesome? You know, have you abandoned that? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we, it's, that's really where the kind of internal investigation mm. is so important. Yeah. Because we can sit for 25 minutes, 30 minutes and just be lost in our thoughts the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be that moment where we realize it. And then you have a minute before the bell goes off, you know? So it's like, how do we really cultivate these? How do we really work with these exertions? You know, it's coming back. It's coming back, you know, yeah. coming back yeah. to the breath is, is yeah. the practice really. Um, that's the awareness that this is not wholesome right now. This, this train of thought is not wholesome right now. And so I'll come back yeah. again you know, come back again, realize what, you know, realize where the mind is lost and bring it back. I mean, I think that's the, that's the sort of right practice now, or I should say right effort in that, in that context. But, you know, I mean, you also have to, you know, be aware of the fact, of course, keep in mind that, you know, you're not, we're not, we're not Buddhas, we're not enlightened yet. So it's, you know, you're not going to see an end to that effort, Unless you become enlightened, that that effort is continuous. That's that's the that's the practice, and you have to, I think, take some uh, not only benefit but you know enjoyment out of the practice. Otherwise, you know, it's gonna it's gonna seem like a right. It has to be. <laughs> you have to. That's that's why I think it's worth having a sense of humor. Yeah, sure. right. When the, when the mind does what the mind does, you know that that sense of humor can really kind of lighten the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these thoughts are arising in a much bigger, really in a boundless area of awareness. You know, just awareness itself has no bounds. So when an unwholesome thought arises, you know, the moment we sort of latch onto it, we've like eliminated everything else. Whereas if we remember to sort of look beyond in the vastness of the space that it's arising in and see it that way, Mm -hmm. that changes our relationship to it almost Mm -hmm. immediately. So it's not about, I mean, it is to some degree about stopping it, but realistically what's really happening is that it's being ignored. (laughs) Yeah. Or put aside or something like that. But, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, uh, which I think is, is, is so important is the growing awareness or the, the seeing directly that the unwholesome is painful because if you don't see that, uh, and, and of course, I, I'm not going to say I always see it, but uh, when I do see it, that's when things really change. Because in seeing that the unwholesome is painful, then you see that letting go of that is liberating, you know. Right. And that's where the the practice becomes so enjoyable, you know. I mean, on a re- you know, a perfect example would be on a, a retreat. But you can also see this in, in a short meditation every day mm-hmm. where, you know, you have some, you know, obsession that's just sort of rattling in your mind over and over again that's 
uh, you know, that just it doesn't go away. And you don't think of that as painful because you're just caught up in it. But then when you're able to sort of say, oh, okay, this is not the time for this. Let's go back to the breath. Let's whatever, get back to the practice. All of a sudden letting it go, you, uh, there's a, a lightness. You know, it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't have to think about that, <laughs> that anymore. And that's, I think, where, you know, you suddenly, you're free of it, even if it's just for, you know, five minutes and, or five minutes, right, five <laughs> seconds until it comes back again. Yeah. You know, there's still that, that lightness for those five seconds where, you know, you're getting some immediate benefit and you're seeing the, the, the happiness, the, the pleasure, you know, the, the real pleasure right. of the practice. Yeah. And we would, you know, the, the word that's, one of the words that could be associated with that is just this notion of fruition. In other mm. words, that's at that moment, that's a fruition of that exertion. Yeah. You know, that you've sort of let go of this thing. You've abandoned this unwholesome thought. And in the moment that you've abandoned it, there is a feeling of pleasure, maybe, but certainly a momentary freedom mm -hmm. from the going for. And it's those moments that we then have to recollect. <laughs> To remind us to keep doing right, it, mm -hmm. right, and then in time those moments accumulate, right, right, and and then there's actually, you know, we we then find oh I actually can sit for twenty minutes or thirty minutes or whatever, yeah I can I can sort of see these these things arising way in the background you know I can see them it's not like they've disappeared completely those unwholesome thoughts they're, they're there but there's no there's no need or even desire to go after them, mm -hmm. right? To go to get engaged with them. Now, I'm not saying that it's that conscious, right? That is it. I'm not going to do that. Like in my mind, I'm not saying that necessarily, but rather it, it has the muscle has been built to the point where it doesn't even think about it. There is no mm -hmm. need to, to say anything to myself. But rather, I just stay, you know, with that object of awareness, whether it's the breath or something else. But and that that becomes the sort of maintenance level, I suppose. You know, if we if we keep with that uh, way of looking at the exertions, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then you know the but the other thing is that sometimes really get people get caught up in the seriousness of meditation, right? And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a serious practice, but it's a light, it, it can be a light practice and, and, you know, a funny practice. And it's like, let's not get clobbered by taking ourselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it like when we're just sitting and the mind, you know, we notice the mind just kind of going wacky, right? Because <laughs> that's what minds do. And, and, and we end up taking it so seriously as opposed to just recognizing, oh, that's just my mind right now doing what it feels like doing. I mean, it's a Sunday, so I'm just going to let the mind do what it does, you know. <laughs> and that's important, I think. You know, that that's related to the, to the tuning of the lute, really, you know, because mm -hmm. if we're just so fixated on got to keep my, breath, my mind on the breath, got to keep my mind on the breath, got to keep my mind on the breath. <laughs> That's going to drive everybody, that's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. You know? Well, that and, doesn't yeah. last very long. You can't keep that up. You're going to burn yourself out. If you're yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, 
you know, I think this is a big part of, of right effort as well, is just recognizing that balance between effort and relaxation, basically. Yeah, and that you're not going to always have good days. I mean, that's one of the things that I hear, you know, from people in comments that I, on my videos or where other places where I talk to people who, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, I, 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 I can't meditate. They'll say that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I tried, but I can't, you know, whatever. I can't keep Or it I can up. only meditate when I'm relaxed. Or so whatever, yeah. That's my favorite, can, yeah. Right. Um, I can only meditate for two minutes, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like... I think the the thought is that you, you know, that you have to have a certain thing happen when you're meditating, otherwise it's not worthwhile or or you're just not doing it right. You you know, you're you're sort of you don't have the muscle for that or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's not it's not that. I mean, it's sort of like um I mean, I always analogize this to exercise. You know, it's sort of like, you know, somebody saying, you know, I I started running and I I got out of breath and two seconds, so I can't run, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but that happens to everybody, <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody does, does that. I mean, that's normal. Yeah. It's yeah. normal for you to have. Uh, and and so, you know, part of this loot thing, you know, the sort of the tuning the loot properly is to understand that if you, if you tune it too tensely, and that's what I think people are sort of, is they're getting too mm-hmm. tense about this, you know, you're thinking of it as a sprint, you know, you're thinking of it as something that has to be done really quickly and you have to get, you know, and that's, you're never going to keep that up for the time that it's necessary, you know, to do yeah. it. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Sprint marathon. It's more like yeah. climbing the Appalachian trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like exactly. eventually yeah. you'll get to the end and you don't have to rush and there's no pressure. Yeah. Nobody's, hopefully nobody's telling you what to do. Well, and of course, but I mean, one of the interesting things, of course, is that, you know, the, the Buddha did have some uh, suttas where he did talk about to practice like your your hair was on fire or your True. turban or whatever. And I think that's, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Ajahn Chah gives this wonderful analogy, you know, where he had been asked by one of his students, you know, about how, why is it that you could contradict yourself? You know, you, you tell some people some things and some people not do and he's and and Ajahn Shah said, "Well, look, it's like everyone's walking down the the middle of the road. Some people are going off to the left and uh, are in danger of falling into the ditch on the left. So I tell them to turn right. And right. some of them are, you know, in danger of falling into the ditch on the right. And so I tell them to turn left. And this is the thing: is that some people, and I, you know, I put myself in this position sometimes, uh, a lot of the time, is you know, some people are just a little bit lazy." Uh, and then it's, yeah, it's good to get the kick in the pants and for somebody to say, you know, practice harder, you know, get, get, put some more effort into it. But a lot of people, on the other hand, especially nowadays in sort of urban settings, uh, I think are a little bit too overwhelmed. And then you want the, you know, to tell people to relax a bit and not to worry so much about the fact that you're having not the best day meditating today because everyone right. has not very good. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's just part of meditation is, is yeah. putting up with that. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's letting go of expectation mm-hmm. and just doing it. Yeah. You know, you know, in an MBSR class, we say, you don't have to like it, you just have to do it. Yeah. You know, and then eventually you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, so, or yeah. not. You know, yeah, but, yeah. But, it's the same but, with uh, exercise. It's the same, yeah. I think of it the same way. Yeah. And it's, and it's very important to let go of what you think is supposed to happen because mm-hmm. there is no answer to that, which can be frustrating. It's like so, so... It's so much the opposite of what we're, what, the way we normally work, you know. Mm-hmm. If you do this, this will happen. 
Well, if you meditate, this will happen maybe in time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, relaxation in the practice is important. Effort is important. How do those things balance out? Mm-hmm. And the other thing we didn't touch on in this, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but it, we haven't actually gone into it, is just being with others who hold each other. You know, we end up holding each other accountable just by showing up, right? In some cases, you know, the, the lamp that we're using or the, you know, whatever we're using is too much or too little. I mean, however, we're, you know, we're working, you know, with where the mind is. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was going somewhere, <laughs> but it's gone. I mean, certainly within a, a Zen context, if you're, if you're uh, doing Zen meditation, there's a lot of, I would say, rhetoric about the fact that there's no point to meditation, that you're just, mm. you're just sit, just sit. And if you want to know a point to it, there isn't any point to it. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a healthy attitude. On the other mm-hmm. hand, I also think it's true that, you know, just as with exercise, if you don't get some pleasure out of it somewhere, you're not going to keep up with it. Um, and so, although it's true that uh, meditation takes time to reveal any real benefits that it has, it, it takes some effort and time and uh, persistence. It doesn't happen in a day, it doesn't happen in a week, but uh, I think it is critical to pay attention to the the pleasant things that come out of it. Uh, just like with exercise, you feel better afterwards. With meditation, there are beautiful times within it, and you feel better after. I think I feel better afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buddha talks about in the uh, Foundations of Mindfulness, you know, worldly and unworldly pleasures, and one of the unworldly pleasures is the pleasure of, of meditation. That you know is this pleasure of of feeling free, of feeling uh, yeah. unburdened by uh, the mind. You can't expect that at any particular time, and if you do expect that, you're probably not going to find it. But on the other hand, you know, obviously, if you don't ever have that happen to you, you probably aren't going to keep doing it because it's not going to Yeah, that's very true. And I think for many people, at least in my experience, the pleasure of just not having to do anything. I mean, okay, meditation is a doing. You have to get yourself to, to stop, right? But the moment that happens... It's like, oh, why am I running around so much? <laughs> no, yeah. um, I don't need to. And and if I just stop, forgetting everything else, forgetting the breath, forget whatever it is, if you just stop and just let yourself be, that alone is is for most people, at least most people in New York, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a, a moment of of pleasure. Yeah. And they forget. They they realize how they've forgotten what that feels like. You know, just that ability not to have to go anywhere. Yeah. Not to have to or, do anything. Yeah. And not to have to be, mm-hmm. to become something. Yeah. Right? Um, which is, a you know, and that that's motivating. And so, you know, when we have that experience, so I, you know, yeah, maybe I'll, I should do this again. Oh, maybe I'll do it again today, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do it again today. So it just, it, in those moments, it's really worth recollecting the next moment, you know, when it's going to happen, uh, you know, into the next moment, recollecting what happened in the last moment, recollecting that, oh, yeah, there was no need to go anywhere. There was nothing. I was just able to let the mind be. Yeah. So 
right effort, right determination. You know, there's just getting yourself there mm-hmm. is for many people the biggest thing. Yeah, and then and then the 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 the, the pleasures and benefits will follow if you right. continue with it. I mean, at yeah. least I can only say that in my experience, that's been the case. Is that you know when I first started meditating many many years ago, I would I would you know yeah I mean at the beginning I would sort of give it up for a while, come back to it. But the reason I would come back to it is always this recollection of the of the pleasant the pleasantness of it, how pleasant yeah. it was. Uh, just what you know with again with exercise, you you may give it up for a while, but there's this recollection of how good you felt after having done it. You know, yeah. It's it's a similar kind of I think experience of just that kind of continuous, uh, regular, determined effort. Yeah, uh, coffee helps. <laughs> yeah, especially in the morning. Yeah, you know, when you're trying to get the energy up to the point where okay, it's time to get to the cushion. <laughs> yeah, and keep you awake, so, which is yeah. yeah. So we recommend coffee, or you know, your beverage of choice. Yeah. yeah, just before you meditate, and you know, while you're making it, of course. You know, make that part of the process. That itself can be a meditation. So, um, but personally, you know, we need the coffee to keep this show going. So <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, so we invite you to, you know, tune into our website, digandthedharma.com and buy us a coffee. Leave us a comment. Become a member. A member. Become or, a member. Yeah. Yeah, we actually need to reach out to the members and, and get some questions. So we do. And um, thank you for for sticking with us. Thanks for our members and our, yeah, our donors and everything. Yeah. Doug, until next week. Thank you, John. Take care and uh, be well, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaaron.net and Doug at DougsDharma.com.